Vibe Machine If you are tuning in to this episode of Undercovers, you have either been listening to Tim Stedman's other episodes or you are jumping straight to listen to Blink-182 and Lowell Lovett. And if that's the case, then you should definitely listen to this and then go back and check out the other episodes that we've put together with Tim as he explains his journey through the music art world but also the enormous amount of iconic designs from live to Roy Orbison, Bob Mould to Pulp Fiction and even directing a video clip for a little band called Angelfish who starred a woman named Shirley, who ended up being seen on MTV by Butch Vig, and together they started the iconic band Garbage. So there's a direct connection there between Tim Stedman and the building of the band Garbage, one of the world's biggest bands in the 90s and early 2000s. Before we get to the chat, if you are listening to this via iTunes or another podcast hosting service, if you could please give this show a review, that would be incredible, and I'd really appreciate it. And please check out the other episodes in the Undercover series. But right now, it's all about Blink-182. And I begin by asking Tim if the timeline is correct in terms of bringing Blink up in the chronological order of all his other design pieces. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out. Yeah, that's a great period, really, because, Mm. I mean, it sort of starts with Blink, but that's when I, I kind of become this pop punk guy in a way and it's yeah yeah. you know you might expect that to to emanate out of the you know 20 year old guy in the art department or something because you know what i mean (laughs) because it seems like it's so like that but in a way i have to say like i really um uh i'm really i'm totally proud of that early work and and really getting to be the guy that helped kind of establish the visual image for that and uh and those and those early records i mean very specifically um Dude Ranch and Anima of the State um, uh, were very much m- m- my ideas. Um, yes. Dude Ranch was sort of easier to arrive at, and Anima of the State was more difficult <laughs> to arrive at. Um, but I, I took those projects like really super seriously, and I really enjoyed it. It was like really fun. And, and again, it goes back to like and really early days for them. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know really happy to have somebody championing that um that seemed to kind of get it and understand it and i was pretty happy i had my head wrapped around it pretty well or at least well, i feel that way well I, well you obviously did because you got you got it all right and and i want to talk about dude ranch to start with So you mentioned that that was very much your direction. Talk me through that. Was that something that the band, would they come in and talk with you about sort of, I mean, they were young punk kids at the time, right? So they probably didn't yeah, have that, much of a clue. Yeah, and that's totally the thing. Like, yeah, they were they were young punk kids. This was all like really, really brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I think, so I think the way this kind of like emanates as a project at MCA is probably because um, a guy named Eric Stein, who is like the young guy in the police yes. department, I think at the time he's managing RX Bandits or something, who have a relationship with Drive Through Records. So I'm not positive, but I think like Eric was probably part of what brings Drive Through Records sort of into the picture with us, Richard and mm-hmm. Stephanie Rains. Yep. And that, I think, connects to Cargo Music in some way out of San Diego, which was the 
the label Blink was with. And as we were sort of starting Dude Ranch specifically, you know, you don't really want to there was a lot of care around zooming in as the major label attached to a thing like that. So I think yeah. that original lease was probably like cargo MCA or something like that, you know, basically maintaining any cred to just yeah. you know, put, yeah, put yeah. a finger on it. Yeah. But yeah, they, um, that cover was pretty much an, an instant kind of like idea what I thought that should be. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's literally the only idea that I presented. And I think <laughs> I just had it made. I mean, Lou Beach is who put it together. He's a pretty famous illustrator. I'm still yes. friends with him. Cool. Pretty famous illustrator dude, um, iconic in his own right out of L.A. And I, I knew that the cover of that record should be, you know, this giant bull's ass with a giant nutsack mm. uh, for a record called Dude Ranch. <laughs> the, the whole thing is like, what's the mindset? Like, what's a 13-year-old boy going to think is just like funny as hell, you know, but still kind of ma- makes sense. So, um, yeah, and I like the idea of, uh, yeah, you know, using Dude Ranch as the – uh, yeah. you know, like enter, entering into the ranch as you, as you would. So that one, like, really came together well. There was, yeah, and I think I just sort of delivered it and said, guys, this is what I think it should be. And they were like, oh, my God, it's fucking hilarious. You know, that's just kind of the space they were in. They recorded the record. It was a really fun time for them. Yeah, yeah. And it felt like it was building, you know. I um, I can remember when they came out to Australia, they played the Warp Tour, and they were the first band on the Australian Warp Tour. And I can remember being there and sort of their handler we knew, and she came running up to us. And she's like, you've got to come and check out this band. And here were these three guys sort of standing behind her like with flyers, like, please come and check out our band. Yeah. And uh, and we, we walked over and literally there was about the, the 10 people they'd managed to wrangle over. And uh, I remember just watching them just make all these crash jokes and just laughing my head off the whole time going, wow, if, if nothing else, they're a great comedy act. Oh, my God. And, yeah, they're like the Smothers Brothers, which is yeah, what people sort of yeah. say. But yeah. um, if you even know and who then that is. And then they had the M&M's. But, and then they had the M&M song as well. I was like, oh, wow, well, that song's pretty cool. And then they sort of finished with that. And then you didn't hear about them. And then six months later, the biggest band in the world, you know, or, or about to be. It's just weird. Um, and totally fun guys, you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah, they're just that fun and funny to be around, you know? Yeah, they've. Well, I, I just remember them being very, very shy. But yeah, you could you could see how their character, how their personality, a bit like Green Day, they each had their own personality that started to really emanate, especially once they got Travis Barker. Yeah, because yeah, that's because that's kind of pre pre Travis there, and yeah, it definitely is like Mark and Tom as the sort of comedy comedy yeah. duo there. Well, you got it, and then <clears throat> yeah, and then they um yeah they sort of had that jerky boy sort of feel about them in a way, and all, all of that sort of. MTV culture that they'd sort of grown up on, I'd assume. But but then they sort of headed into Enema of the State. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Is, you know, it's doing the rounds right now. It's It sort of does the rounds every couple of years, I think, as you were talking about, when an anniversary comes around of it. Yeah, um, I and mean, I think it's like the 20th anniversary of that record or something. Yeah, you know, and they they, 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 they roll out the poor the poor girl. She was a stripper or porn star back in the day. They, oh, Janine Lindemuller, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they wheeled her out every time and make her get dressed up every couple of years, which I'm sure she she loves to do. Um, she and, was great, man. Yeah, she was like totally great. That, that whole thing was a super fun project. So talk to me about the project. How did it come together? How did the concept come together? How did you get, I think it's Janine, how did you get all of those elements happening? And and especially the, I love the inside with the sort of like the schoolyard um, lockers with, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing my head with, with the band and then interlaced with different, you know, your jock and then your nerd and your blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, so so there originally was no title for this record. Yeah, right. the record didn't have a title. There were tracks. We knew it was coming. We were very hopeful it was going to be big. I mean, like the the hype had risen, so it was it was a focused project. And I had I had had a lot of fun with them on the first one, and I I definitely you know wanted to kind of come through on the second one. But this was this was not an instantaneous idea. And maybe it's because I had I mean I had no title. I had like nowhere to. I had nowhere to go with originally <laughs> that title came after, after the idea came, I'll explain right. that in a second. So, um, I believe the idea came to me, um, as sometimes is the case, like in the shower one morning. Um, <laughs> and I talked to students about, it, you know, cause I teach, you know, I talked to students mm. about, you know, the sort of creative process and how, uh, cause that's the kind of thing that I was really like razor focused on. So the point about the shower is, a lot of times that's where I'm doing this sort of automatic other thing where it doesn't, it's like mechanical. So I don't really have to think about it. And for whatever reason, that's oftentimes when an idea that I've struggled with figuring out kind of how to solve might sort of present itself. And if my mm. memory's right, that's how it kind of felt. And I remember it was like, I was in the shower cause we were getting up early and I was heading out with two buddies, one of them being Todd, Todd Galapo, the guy who assisted me for a long time, and another guy who assisted me, um, Keith Tamashiro, who did a lot of um, stuff for DJ Shadow later on. Um, And we were on a snowboarding trip, so we were headed up to, I think, Big Bear, and and we started off in the drive. I think Todd Todd was driving or something, and I said, hey, guys, I I think I have the idea for what I should do for the Blink record, but I want you guys to tell me what you think. And the whole thing was built off this idea of, you know, um, turn your head and cough, which was sort of the original like working <laughs> working title that I handed to it, handed off as like this is what the idea is built on. Right. Because I was like, here's the scenario, you know, it's like, what if it was the day when you know you've got to get the sports physical at school, but you know, um, the doctor, you know, is not what you think it's going to be, and I think like. In terms of my original idea, I was thinking Anna Nicole Smith as kind of like what ended up being the Janine character mm. for this thing. So same kind of I- idea, you know, sex bomb. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the idea. Um, and then I think it was Mark that sort of handled handed it the title on the back end. And at first I was like, oh, my God, is this all still going to work? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it uh, and it did. It was a fun shoot. Um, uh, the band, I can't remember who in the band wanted Janine. So that's um, and she was, you know, uh, signed to like Vivid at the time. Mm-hmm. So the marketing director that I worked with and had a really good relationship with on Blink, we did a lot of cool stuff together. It was a guy named um, Paul Oreskin, who's still a very dear friend of mine. So Paul did a lot of liaison with Vivid. Um, and Janine was great, man. She was a total pro that day. And yeah, mm. she would do all these other, you know, she was the video. She would do all these other kind of things come out, you know, for like big performances. I can't, I can't think of the, like the big, big one down in Orange County that I was down there for that they were playing. And she sort of came out on the stage as part of it. So uh, but cool. the guy that the guy that shot that, this is the biggest record he'd ever shot at the time. He had been assistant to another kind of famous rock photographer from New York that I worked with like, worked with a lot, which is a guy named Michael Levine. So I met Yep. I met him at some shoot that Michael did for me in L.A. And he came to show me his book because he was like nice guy trying to kind of like make it. It was. Um, yeah, he hadn't he hadn't he hadn't done anything. 
but he had these specific images um, in his really like, you know, young book portfolio that had like this color and this tone to it. Um, and that seemed to fit with like the tone that I wanted for mm. this record, like the color temperature in a way or something like the color ambiance. Mm. Um, so I remember that blue, that light blue sheen, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which kind of worked in that sort of medical thing. It has, it has like, I mean, part of me wants to say a touch of nostalgia, but it's not really nostalgia. It's something, it's something other than that, but it was, it was this unique thing that I saw there, even though, you know, he hadn't shot anything big or important Mm. or, or whatever. And this was, you know, an important record for me, but I remember going to the band and, and I had a nice trusty trusting relationship with him at the time. And I said, here's the deal. You know, this guy is, this guy's young. Um, so my instinct says this is what we should do. And this is where it's important to have a good relationship. And sometimes bands should think about this because it was helpful. You know, it could have like steered in another direction, but they were like, Okay, well, you know, you you haven't steered us wrong yet, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. This is all been, this has been going good. So <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And and he did a great job. I mean, he he came in. Uh, I believe the woman's name was Foncha, who who because we needed a set designer. We needed like a, a top dog set designer to that locker thing. I mean, mm. obviously it was a small set of lockers, and we kind of mm. digitally assembled yeah, yeah. that whole thing together. Yeah. And in terms of that inside, so then at that point, I'm thinking like. Because like I said, the first, I mean, I'm very much thinking like, okay, well, what's the, you know, the sort of 13-year-old boy point of mm. view? Because their humor is kind of like that. But I'm also realizing like, oh, my God, they're like little girls. They're huge little girls, like, you know, like young women. What You know what mm. I mean? Like teenage yeah, girls yeah. are totally into this. So it's kind of like those outside images were put together really thinking about that teenage boy in a way, you know, yep. with Janine. And then the inside was kind of built. And I know this is sort of gendered and being sort of, I'm painting in broad strokes, but you know, mm. in terms of like thinking through it, that was kind of like, okay, well, what would they really dig that makes sense with this whole thing? You know, like, okay, seeing all these dudes in there, you know, in their underwear mm. or whatever. Cool. So uh, it's a bunch of their, it's a bunch of their friends. It's a few models that I cast, you know, I mean, I needed to kind of like, have some ringers in there in terms of yep. constructing it um, and and their own participation in it. But cool. that's so cool. That's yeah, that's pretty much the story behind it. That that is amazing. And thank you so much for that, because it's it's one of those pieces where you sort of hear a lot about it, but you don't hear you hear sort of a lot about, I guess, you know, the Janine character you hear about that, but you don't actually hear the full story. And it's something that that I love, that's what I love about this series is you find out the full story, like the Bob Mould thing, you sort of find out another perspective of it. That, yeah. That you, that you I, and actually heard I've heard that I, I have like seen others, like, yeah, I mean, I just take my word for it, but like that is the story of how this happened. I've seen other stuff that like, where it's kind of constructed in some other way and I'm not sure who they talked to or where they got that from, but they didn't get it from me. And that, and I think like, okay, well that, it, that really isn't it. And I'm, was the guy that actually put it together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so who are you? But yeah. that, I guess let, let, let's stay on. And, and I've got, I've, I've got some, some, some pretty cool, um, well, one pretty cool thing I can talk about with, with one of the albums, but that you might, might be interested in. But before we get to that, let's talk about take off your pants and jacket. Oh, I, creatively, that one was hard. 
I love that because it's that whole thing of images as words, right? Um, yeah, which is, is it, a, so that that is kind of about my my designerly self in a way there. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so cool. And I remember I got the package. I was, I was one of those fools who, maybe not fools, but I would line up to get in the midnight when the big releases would come out. I'd be there with a jacket freezing my butt off so I could get one of the first copies and stick it in my car CD player and away I go. And I remember doing that for this album because Enem Real Estate had been so big that they were expecting this one to all the copies to sell out. Yeah. Um, and I well, and there did. were like three different versions of the first one because you used all three colors to, to do yes. like limited run of those. You got it. So I had one of the limited runs, which was the the was at least in Australia, where um, you you it, it had the cutouts, the circle cutouts, and you could move the the yeah. artwork in between to get the different album titles or different messages. Yeah, um, that was a, that was a fun that was a fun from a design point of view that was totally fun. But as a problem to solve on the front side, that was even more <laughs> difficult and a mistake. That was really hard. <laughs> So who's who's so that was your concept once again? You get given the 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 title, take off your pants and jacket. Like how am I going to make this work? Well, that was that, and th- and that's what the whole thing was. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to use in terms of my thought process. I couldn't I couldn't solve it. I couldn't solve it like the other ones in terms of the title because the problem is the the joke is in the title. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't. You know what I mean? Like it it has to. So what it needed to do was it needed to actually ignore the title in a way mm. and yep. take a dry approach to it. And it, yes. and that sounds simple right now, but getting, getting my head to that place was a difficult process. And it's um, just, and, and then, yeah, it was going to rely on the icons. It, I mean, not that they were like trying to be corporate, but you know what I mean? It has that like seventies. So cool. Look with the pictograms and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just occurred to me, take off your pants and jacket. You literally took the title off and put the images in. It's just that, yeah. that, that has just occurred to me and uh, how dumb am I? But, uh, but and I'm sure to some other people, they're like, you yeah, know, no, you're not that stupid. I didn't think of that either. But um, it's- And I'm sure the record company was worried about some of that too. You know what I mean? Like they're definitely a few of these things. That, I mean, I remember actually Jay Bower, the president of the record company at one point, because Jay was like sort of more into like looking at the record covers than other presidents I had. Like there wasn't really usual that the president was mm. that. Mm. I had just worked with people that like, I think they'd assumed that the right person was hard to do the job and and that was it. they should yep. do that. But Jay, I think because, well, Jay came from IRS Records, so maybe because it was sort of a smaller thing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I remember him saying to me, actually, there were two two different presidents that said something like this to me a couple of times. But I remember Jay saying specifically with Blink was like, I don't really know like how you do this or what you're thinking, but it seems to work. So my So my sense is just to like, trust you and go with it or something and i thought yeah well that's that's always what i'm looking for so 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 thank you that's the right way to think about it very cool and and it's and and thank you once again for sort of for sort of talking a little bit through take off your pants and jacket but i i wanted to talk about the mark tom and travis show and oh, that I was a, totally fun too i have a story about that and i'm going to share okay, it with great. you because it is so cool so as you know, as I've explained to you, and I probably haven't sent you the images I've sent the other artists, but I have a, a pool room that I've ripped the pool table out because I don't play pool, can't play pool, um, and I've ripped all the bar stuff out, and I've literally got it covered head floor to ceiling and right around with with framed vinyl and artwork and all that sort of stuff because I am a nice. nerd about it, right? And I, ha- and I have a copy of um, the Mark, Tom, and Travis show on vinyl, and when I got it, I contacted, I didn't know who you were, but I knew that Glenn Hansen, who- Yeah, who's great. 
amazing guy and he's one of my Facebook friends and I see all this amazing art. And and hi, Glenn, I'm sure you'll listen to this. But um, he, I reached out to him and said, Glenn, I'm a huge fan. Would you mind if I sent it to you? Would you sign it? And he's like, not a problem, Josh, not a problem. So I sent it over to him in the States. And then he sends me this email and it's the coolest email, one of the coolest emails I've ever got. I got a cool one from Robert Fisher saying, I'm going to send you all this really rare Nirvana stuff. And then I got this one. And this one was like, look, Josh, I I have all the original drawings from this album, all the original drawings I, 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 I made and I have one left. Someone has bought all of the other ones and they specifically didn't buy, or for some reason they didn't buy Tom's drawing. Wow. Would you like to buy it off me for like 50 bucks? And I'm like, that is the the easiest $50 you were ever going to make, my friend. Yeah. Um, and he's like, man, I'll even write a letter for you and I'll send it out to say, that, you know, this is the authentic one. This is the one that I used. And it is framed on my wall next to the copy, the signed copy of the album. So I've literally got the signed copy with Tom and then I've got the drawing right next to it. And oh, I've got that's the letter. great, man. And yeah, and yeah, Glenn was great to work with. He's he's a cool guy. And yeah, I because I had seen the Chelsea Girl stuff that he did. So yeah, yeah, he's amazing. And I always had in my head, I'm like, why would someone buy all the other elements but not Tom? And then I got it in my head that it was the same time that the band weren't talking to each other. And I'm like, you know what? Someone probably Mark bought it all. <laughs> yeah, Mark probably bought it all. I don't want him. I'm not talking to him at the moment. You can just you can just have that. And and I and I think I remember saying to Glenn, you know, if someone ever comes looking for it, just just send them my way. Um, That's and funny. I'm probably I'm probably going to get shot for for doing that because if anyone from Blink's listening, they're like, you've got the artwork and I want it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it, it was it's sort of cool and it's and Glenn's amazing and that artwork is amazing and that must have been so much fun to put together. Oh man, it was really fun. And the inside of that's really, really fun. I mean, I, yes. I shot some of that with another photographer and we, yeah, I mean, I could still remember this, uh, trip up to, uh, the gorge in, um, in Washington state. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like the middle of nowhere and this amazing sort of stage thing. It was a huge stage, big mm. outdoor show. We were up there and they just gave us, I mean, like we were running around the stage, like, which I felt like this is kind of weird to play a big show, but it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 feel free, have fun out there. And you, you know, so you also are feeling like, oh my God, yeah, no wonder you feel like a rock star. <laughs> but we had a blast out there shooting stuff. Yeah, we were using, God, what were those cameras I was using a lot? Um, this little metal camera. Yeah, it's fun and wandering around and stuff. Is the picture that of that kid running around naked. I remember we were like yes. walking on the grounds and he's like, he's asking what we were doing or something. And I said something about, I'm, you know, shooting pictures for the record or, I mean, I, I probably said something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and I think he said something like, I'll get naked for blank and just fucking drops his pants and takes off running or whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> that yeah, should have been blast. the album title i'll get naked for blink that'd be hilarious yeah. but um but so so you so you found glenn you're the one who sort of was a a fan of glenn's were oh you? yeah i thought it was i thought it was hilarious especially because you know he was like a, a, you know in my head mostly known for that sort of chelsea girls uh, yeah. i think i have that title right yeah the whole cartoon series was pretty funny yeah yeah and he's amazing and he's he's cartoon drawings he, he he pumps them out on his on his social media and they're incredible every single one's incredible so well, it was I, I the know. right sort of humor tone for them. So, yeah. you know what I mean? That he would yeah. sort of make these gay jokes in there. And, yeah. 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 It was just, it, it was just, it just, it just fitted perfectly. But, um, but then, and we've got, we've, we've got to move on. And, and thank you so much for the, for the blink stuff. And I'm sure everyone else out there is uh, enthralled as I am about it. But 
you 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 talked about drive through records and Richard and Stephanie Rains who um who really owned that space for a little while and you worked on a whole bunch of albums that I loved because that was my era right so so you're talking newfound glory Remember the time we you created the from your screen to your stereo I love um, the real stuff with those guys they're they're really fun too yeah and you also did the self titled and to me when I look at that self titled and I've got that in my collection as well when I look at that, the and I don't know whether it's deliberate, probably not, but I think immediately of Octoon Baby, the U2 album. Oh, really? <laughs> that, oh, okay. That's what comes into my head. I look at it and I go, yeah, all right, they've got the multiple images all different, you know, sure they're Well that's an ama- uh, that's that, that's an amazing record package on its own, so I'll I'll take that as a huge You could take I don't that think one running out of my in my head, but um, That's Anton Corbin at his best, right? So Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um so and, and, and again, we we shot all that stuff. I think like on the front porch of this like bungalow I was living in in Venice at the time. <laughs> Let's get a bunch of condoms, put them out, and take a photo. So. Well, I know that that Michael Jackson Jackson record player was Richard and Stephanie's. Um, right. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not looking at it, so I can't remember all of the references <laughs> in there. But uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, yeah, that was shot by Justin Stevens, who was a photographer I was working with a lot at the time. He'd been a student at Art Center. I taught at I taught at Otis, and I taught at um, Art Center as an adjunct. the The gig at Art Center was um, mostly a sort of a finishing class for photographers about self promotion. But it was kind of great because I would, you know, get to meet a fresh batch of mm. great photographers coming out of there. It's cool. It's but cool. yeah, it's- I mean, New Newfound Glory was was great. I mean, um, Chad is who I was sort of closest with the band. I mean, I can still yep. remember our first meeting. I was down in. I don't think I flew down just to meet them. Maybe I was doing something else, but I was down in South Beach and they're from Coral Springs up near like um, Fort Lauderdale. Mm, and yep. and they were um, and the record was coming. And they were like, you know, well, you should go have a meeting with the art director or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I was staying at the Raleigh Hotel in South Beach. And I remember them like driving down in their in their van and like piling in us hanging out and meeting and then i remember i think the next day i drove up there and chad was still like still living at home i mean he was probably like 18 or 19 at the time or something so i remember like hanging out at his suburban house and like sitting in his bedroom and i think he played dashboard confessional for me for the first time because he (laughs) he had that like on a on a tape or something yeah we had a great time he's yeah he's he's great guy i mean yeah yeah, he's yeah, and they're all amazing guys. And and uh, I really and, like that album cover. That that album cover in particular, like holds yeah. holds a lot for me. I, it, it, it came together in a nice way. It holds up, even though it's in the emo genre and emo that that's starting to come around again now. So it's sort of got that new life, and and it's one of those albums that that has become iconic in that in that scene. Sort of like the Saves the Day album at the same yep. time, and and so they sort of are, are very compatible with each other. And um and I love all of all of that sort of pathion. And you actually mentioned it before. Our expanded they have. My favorite. Oh, they're great too. They're great my, too, man. Yeah. My favorite album cover of that whole genre is RX Bandit's Progress. Oh, nice. No, I, I love it. I love the simplicity of it. I love. I love the fact that it's 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 the white album with just. And I don't. I don't know whether the Indian, whether it's an actual photo or whether it's uh like a. A mannequin. Um, I think it's 
I think it's an actual photo. actual photo, and I and I okay. think the band brought that image to me. If I remember that right, they're right. great to work with. I mean, so much respect for those guys. Um, mm. I mean, Matt and Rich are really who are like coming most to the forefront of my mind right now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's really yeah, no, smart, smart, yeah. great guys. Yeah, yeah, and and I just I I mean I when I went to America with my with my uh, fiance who's now my wife, um, we we travelled out to see them in you know backwater outside of New York and and they were just we did it because I I didn't think I'd ever get an opportunity to see them they were just incredible in every way and I think that album had just come out and I just remember looking at it going oh my god it's like it just it fits so perfectly with not only the scene but also the band it just has that completeness about it and it and it says so much without saying yeah I think it's kind of a simple smartness Mm. yeah yeah yeah. which is also yeah they're yeah that that yeah that's who they are I mean I mean yeah I have a lot of respect I mean a lot of that I think I just yeah I'll leave it at that (laughs) but yeah no they're they're great guys they're really nice to work with it was so funny because um I didn't really finish the story, but, you know, part of my, uh, you know, sort of exodus from L.A. and back to what I'm doing now as a teacher required me, like, finishing school and going back to school, which included actually finishing an undergraduate degree because I just went to art school. And as a student here, uh, because I teach now at the school Mm -hmm. that I finished my undergraduate degree before I went on to graduate school in Chicago. But when I finished graduate school, they hired me to come back here and, and teach at the small liberal arts college. Um, a guy that I went to school with was sort of dabbling in music journalism. Um, not too long after he graduated, I think he's down, uh, his name's Zach and he's down in Austin, Texas. And wow. he did an interview with the band, uh, you know, about a lot of stuff. And at the end of it, he said, you know, I went to school with this guy, you know, sort of non-traditional student who, you know, worked on one of your records or whatever. And he talked to him about it. And, uh, and they were so great. They, they, they said nice things to him that I would hope that they would feel where they said like, nice. oh man, like he was one of the good guys at the record company, you know? <laughs> and I have to say, for being a guy that sort of understands the music business, that's a, that's a good thing to hear. Cause that's, that's yeah, the yeah. guy I wanted to be, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's so cool. And, and, uh, and you can tell your love for what, for what you've done over the years and even for teaching. I mean, it, it's, it, it's coming through, but the one artist we haven't spoken about and I thought I'd leave it to the end because you you mentioned it to me sort of at the end of the email. You were like, you know what, Josh, you, you haven't really spoken about Lyle Lovett. And I've spent 30 years doing Lyle Lovett albums. Must be 28 years, I think, I, I counted. And if I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean. And if I had a pony, I'd ride. Lyle Lovett. Out, out in Australia probably isn't anywhere near the name that he is overseas. I was, um, assuming, I was assuming that was the deal when it didn't didn't come up because I am I am like really associated with him within people that kind of know that. And I mean, critically, he's, you know, I mean, he's a total critic darling because he's a genius. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And m- most definitely. And I think it's just it's just more it's it's more me me being yeah. me and then and then also australia but but when you mentioned it, I went and had a look at all of his art and I was fascinated by the art because it has, and I'm sure it's his influence as well as yours, but it's got that blues and folk element so yeah. much molded into it, so much more than the country. And it's something, uh, yeah, you know, cause he, Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, I, he's I a crossover artist associated with country, but he's, he is so much more than that for people that yes. know. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, he, he's, he's a dear friend. I mean, our, 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 our friendship goes on. I was, I was on the phone with him like, 
three weeks ago, he was calling me to talk about the motorcycle I just bought. So <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. But but you've you've got that relationship, and it got me. And this is one of the reasons I love doing this series is it gets me having a look at stuff that's outside of my sphere of knowledge or sphere of influence or whatever it is. And I don't really know too much about Lyle Love. I know he was engaged to Julia Roberts at one point. That's about it. Um, they, were, they were married, actually. So they were married. See, I yeah. see. That, that's how much I know. Um, but as I start looking through his artwork, and you mentioned um, to me the, the first album, the Joshua Judge, Judge's Ruth. Yeah. Joshua Judge's Ruth. And so I started looking really in depth at that. And it drew a lot of parallels to a lot of the other artworks. Some of the... You know, I could see the parallel with Bob Mould's photograph on the back of um, a workbook. I could draw parallels to REM because that album sort of has um, uh, photography that's that's um, out of focus on the front cover and it's sort of done at different angles and that's sort of mm-hmm. what REM are renowned for. And then as I start looking at different albums, and there was one album where they've got all the sort of like the family portraits on the front cover. And yep, those were the live album. We, we shot that in like three different places. That was shot in like in Ann Arbor and in Nashville and in Los Angeles, but try to make it look like it all happened at the same time. And that that had such a folk influence. Even for me looking at it, I went, oh my God. And it made me go and check out more about Lyle Lovett and and more about what he is. And that's sort of what I love about album artwork. It makes you find out about different people and about different things. I was really curious about how your relationship with Lyle came about. And and quite frankly, because I I don't have any point of reference, what are your favorite album covers you've done for him or album design? Oh man, well that, that's hard, but yeah. So <laughs> so there is a so there is a story to this. Um and yeah, it's yeah, it's sort of fantastical and and great, and you couldn't really make the story up. So, <laughs> so I would I fell in love with Lyle Lovett um, before I arrived at MCA, or he would be a project for me. Well, it's the record right before Joshua Judge's Roof. Lyle Lovett and his large band. Oh, okay. And uh, and I was introduced to that record via Deirdre O'Donoghue, who was a DJ on um, KCRW, the public radio station out of yep. Santa Monica. Yep. Yeah, that one. Um, so I, I have, have still have that record, had that album on vinyl. Like I remember buying that on vinyl at the time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't too long after I was at MCA when that project came up. And, you know, Lyle is very, he's very particular uh, so the relationship was certainly like one, it was, it, and it was difficult because, um, he had a relationship with the photographer, Peter Nash, who had shot, um, you know, in, 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 in his large band, um, that record. So he, mm. he, you know, did a shoot with, with Peter and this was, you know, sort of a very bold, move on my part and probably <laughs> risky in some ways. Uh, Michael Wilson is who shot all the photos that are inside of that record, the mm. ones that you're referencing. Yes. And I, and he shot every, and he, he shot that record and every record since like, we're basically, we, we are, you the, are the three, team. <laughs> we are the three person team. And, and, and Lyle is a, you know, he's like one of the great people to work with because he's, he's, he's really smart. Um, he has impeccable taste. He, he's, he's like the smartest guy in the room. You know I mean? That's just yep. the guy that he is. 
he also had a great relationship with Jonas Livingston. So um, he, and, he and Jonas were really good friends. Um, but anyways, I, I said, you know, would you, you know, would you, would you also do a shoot with this photographer I have in mind? And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know everything to even know, like, what a risk that could be. But fortunately, mm. Lyle or uh, Michael is amazing. Mm. And they had an amazing uh, shoot. Lyle takes a lot of pictures himself now. And, always, and you know, he has a journalism background and he loves photography. So he is, you know, he always had a great respect for Michael's images. And I had a great respect for Michael's images. Michael's images are rarely cropped by me unless they unless they need to be. There's one cover where I, I cropped it, and and Michael said your your crop makes that picture better than, <laughs> um, better than it was. And it makes I that, love talking about cropping. Cover happen. I'm, it's one of the things um, I've learned through this series. But uh, I'm yeah, I'm super proud of that body of work. I mean, we've talked about maybe doing a book at some point that would put all that together because it's such a lengthy. History and it's unusual, you know, that it would be sort of the same, same people here, and uh, and yeah, we are we are really um, we are great personal friends, and you know, he's really the one music person that I still work for. Whenever he, I mean, I would do anything for him that he would ask. So yep, so cool. It's, oh, it's, but I didn't really go through the story. The story that makes this even more unique is um, <laughs> so where 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 he's from and where he where he lives right now. Um, and has always lived is uh, probably about five miles from where I grew up in Houston, and and right. we would discover this later. This was never really a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. He's a little bit older than I am. He's actually the age of um, an older brother of mine who um, has right. since passed away. But right. um, Lyle was a motocross uh, racer and and rider when he was in high school, and wow. as was my brother. I have a feeling that they probably raced together. I don't I don't know that cool. it's a fact, but I'm guessing it because they sort of hung around the same kinds of things. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, that was crazy when I, when I figured out, it's like, Oh, I know exactly where you live. I mean, I mean, now I've, now I've been there a few <laughs> times, but we were first hang out. I mean, yeah, like we were, I mostly went to spring high school, although I graduated from a different high school and he went to Klein and they were sort of like rival schools next to each other. It's, right. uh, yep. Yeah. It's a very, funny story the way we would actually be connected like that as well <laughs> it's great it's, it's it just has all the elements and that you and you sort of you meet later on in life and you you can draw these parallels and it it must make the working relationship because you sort of get each other you sort of you know you, you you've got the same history right you've got the same the same background in a way oh the same. yeah well and and the in the early days you know he's very hands-on so they were you know i mean um, Joshua judges Ruth for sure. I'm sure that's the record I'm thinking of. I mean, like sitting next to each other in, uh, in my office going through that thing. I mean, he's very, um, particular and, you know, ad- adjusting things and working very, very closely together. Mm. Um, which for a lot of people would be difficult or tedious or something <laughs> like that. But we, yeah, I mean, I have a huge respect for his ideas and his thoughts and he, you know, often would ask, ask me to try lots of things, but he's also hugely respectful back where, you know, I might do something and then, you know, he says, you know, try this, you know, eight or 10 other different ways, then come back and say, no, your, your way was the way, but you know, we, we find it out because we, we look at the other options too. So it's, uh, it's a great mutual respect and, um, yeah, he's, uh, really uh, proud of that relationship and proud of that work. Oh, you, you most, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at all of the covers now, like just again, and, 
you most definitely should be. And he's got his own aesthetic that you've obviously helped and you've um, massaged into being his aesthetic. But it's um oh yeah, we we, we built it together. But he's very into consistency, so um. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot I mean, of that sepia sepia and the grey tones and all of that sort of flows through and it has that like I was saying that that folk element really rises to the top. So and I'm sure that there are lots and lots of Lyle Lovett fans out there that are probably screaming at me right now. So you talk about this album, but um but you well, know the, well, the, the 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 one that has the huge book in it that was kind of like the most elaborate package is that step inside this house. I was pretty sure I was going to get fired over that record because it was so, it was so big and so elaborate. You know, I mean, it's got like a thirty-page book in it or something. It's in a wow. Uh, yeah, it's a double double record. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 got that photo. Of, I think it must be Lyle walking through the house, and the the photo is once again yep. quite blurry. Yep. Okay. Got it. Yep. Got it. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. But look. Thank you so much for explaining Lyle Lovett to me. And it's given me another artist I can go and check out and get into, and I'm sure I'll become a huge fan. But Oh, yeah, go, be- go listen to go listen to Rodan Sonata today. Yeah, that's okay. that I my will. advice. Okay, a good, a good entry point. I like a good entry point. But we've been talking for, for ages now, and, and which is amazing because you've got such a rich history, and I love it. But I do finish every episode off with two questions. And if you've listened to Roberts, you probably know the questions I'm going to ask. Yeah, I'm forgetting right now, and I'm actually getting worried. <laughs> getting worried, and every, <laughs> everyone gets worried, but you don't need to be worried. But um, but the, the first question, and I, I do it for a couple of reasons. One, I just want to see what people are into, and, and two, because I, I like to end things with a question. So the first question is, is there any album artwork out there that you look at and you think, gee, I wish I'd done that? Oh, man, there's probably a ton of a ton of stuff <laughs> like that. Um. I mean, Octave maybe could 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 be a package yep. like that. Yeah, um, I'm also thinking of um, what's the Pearl Jam record that's also a little bit like that. That's got all uh, the little images in it. No code. I know you know. Uh, yeah, no code. I th- I think that's right. Yep. Let me run to a computer, and make sure that I'm not I saying am. that wrong. But I think that's probably that's exactly the one with, right. with all with, with all the photos. That's that's that's. Uh, that's, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe there's like a similar no pattern there or something, but uh, yep. and I'm sure there's like a gazillion more. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the first records I ever had, this is this will link back to your story about your story with Roy Orbison. One of the first um, records because my parents belonged to a record club, and when they couldn't think of something, they would like let me order a record, and I had to have been like, oh my god, like eight years old or something. <laughs> I couldn't have been no more than nine years old. I was like a really little kid. And I ordered um, Don McLean's album. I mean, is the album called American Pie? I think it's it is. It's called like, American this, Pie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in that, and I, I look at that and I think like, uh, first of all, that is one of the most iconic album covers. It's genius. So that's yes. probably yes. a record cover I wish I would have made because it's the kind of <laughs> smart that I like. That yep. may actually be a more honest answer than the other ones. I was probably just picking other records I thought were like really cool looking. <laughs> but in terms of an idea, because that's important to me, that's pretty iconic. And I think like, wow, it's, I mean, it probably wasn't because of the cover, but who who knows when I ordered that as a kid? Yeah. It, um, it's one of the ones that's tried that and you probably ordered it because you looked at the cover on the on the page and you went, oh, I'm gonna that's something yeah. I'm into. Yeah. yeah. Which is what I do when I walk into record stores. So I go, I'm gonna like that album because I like the cover. Yeah, if you can find a record store to walk into, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're hard, hard to find these days. But you know, I, I miss them. <laughs> I, I miss them like mad. I can't yeah, go. no, I was that kid. You know, I was that kid that got like, you know, 
his uh you know birthday money and rode his bike in the storm to go buy you know a yep. fog hat record when i was 10 years old you know yep yep i yeah very very similar I, that's i was the only child so music became my sibling <laughs> so there's your first question is your second one going to perplex me <laughs> <laughs> the second question is is there any artist living or has passed who you would like to to create an album cover for or have create album artwork for? Oh man. Yeah. That's always really a tough one. I know. Yeah. That's a tough one too. Um, Cause I listen to a lot of, I mean, I still listen to a lot of music and um, I don't know if like teaching college keeps me into that. I, I don't know. You know I mean? Always kind of consuming it. It's, it's a difficult one because you're sort of, because a lot of people say, I don't, there's a lot of artists I really like to work with, but I don't want to ruin their history. I don't, I don't want to ruin their legacy if, I, if it was me doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that's a perplexing one. It's all right. You can leave that one. That's okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for it. If it comes, <laughs> if it comes later on, I'll, I'll send you an email or something. Excellent. I can, I'll do it in post-edit. But um, look, thank you so much, Tim. This has been amazing to run through so many of the albums that from live to Blink-182, Newfound Glory, Roy Orbison, you know, and everything in between. And You're quite welcome, man. Awesome, mate. Thank you. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tim Stedman, a true modern-day genius album art designer. I hope you have enjoyed this series talking with Tim, and if so, please go and listen to the other designers in this Undercover series. If you've just stumbled across this one, you can check it out just by going to iTunes or any of the other podcast series and searching for Undercovers. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Have a great day. Vibe Machine